Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with thesportster.com. We are talking all things wrestling news, trending topics, uh, rumors, speculation, fun stories that have caught a little attention in the wrestling world. Among them, Ric Flair is making a return to the ring. He will be wrestling on July 31st for Fight TV with FTR against the Rock and Roll Express and a mystery opponent. We're also going to talk MJF and the talk that he might be leaning towards a jump to WWE in 2024. And then finishing off the conversation between Norman and myself, we're going to be having a chat about the Eric Bischoff and CM Punk controversy, the war of words, the back and forth, the shots and pot shots that he's just taking at each other, and just see exactly where we sit on this whole debate. Who's right? Who's wrong? Is there a right and wrong? I don't know. Don't forget to do us a favor, like and subscribe to the podcast, check out the YouTube channel, uh, download, listen to, rate on Apple Podcasts. The show, a five-star rating would go a long way in helping us produce this show. Uh, but enjoy. Sit back for the next uh, 40 minutes or so. Episode 6 of the Sportster Show brought to you by thesportster.com. We're live on YouTube. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with Norman Quarantin. Norman, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing good. We took a little bit of time here. For those of you that were stumbling across the YouTube page the other day, you may have seen me goofing around on there for about 45 seconds. We were trying to figure out. We've had all sorts of technical difficulties trying to get the right setup, the right situation for our show. We're still working on it. We're playing with things, we're having some bugs, but we're getting it figured out. But we, I think, are ready to go here on a Monday morning, So, or Monday afternoon, I guess now. We're going to talk a lot of different things. We've got a few different uh, topics on the go between you know, Ric Flair, MJF, CM Punk, and Eric Bischoff. Keep having a go at each other. Uh, we've got lots to cover, so we're going to do that. And, of course, right ahead of Monday Night Raw tonight. So anybody who's with us on YouTube Live, fantastic. Thank you for joining us. We encourage your comments, and we'll answer anything that we see. 
And for those of you that are going to listen to this post-recordedly on, uh, post-recordedly, is that even the word? On your favorite podcast platforms from uh, Apple Podcasts to uh, Stitcher to Podbean, wherever you get it. We appreciate that too. All right, lots to talk about, Norman. Where should we start? Should we talk Ric Flair's comeback? Should we talk uh, MJF leaning towards WWE? Do you want to go with the Eric Bischoff, CM Punk, Battle of Words? Where would you let's like start, to begin? Let's start with uh, Let's start with the Nature Boy, man. That's the most. I mean, that's like that was that that we, we've known about it kind of for a few weeks, but he made it official this morning at the time of recording. And so, yeah, let's yes. let's get cracking on that. <laughs> okay, well, our our very own Josh Coulson put a uh, an article on the Sports Group today. Uh, that Ric Flair has, in fact, confirmed that he is going to be making a return to the wrestling ring. We've all seen the videos of him warming up with Jay Lethal, uh, getting in there, trying a few moves, doing some stuff. But July 31st, it will air live on Fight TV, and it is Ric Flair and FTR, of all tag teams, to take on the Rock and Roll Express and a mystery partner. Now, it could be Jay Lethal. We don't know that for sure. Uh, we're not... Not really sure where this is all going and how this is going, if it'll lead to anything else, if it's one night only or what exactly is happening here. So let me ask you, one, uh, what do you make of this Ric Flair in-ring return? And two, will you have any interest in watching this? I mean, I'm going to watch the hell out of it because, you know, uh, you're a maniac if you don't watch this, honestly. I know it's I know it sounds crazy because you don't want to sort of like... Um, you almost don't want to reward them for uh, for such <laughs> for such a bizarre decision, but yeah, I mean, I, I have to see it because I, just out of curiosity, my curiosity will get the better of me, and I'm going to have to watch it for sure. I'm a little surprised that I mean, it had to be a multi-person match, right? It had to be that was the only way that this if if this is going to work, that's the only way it's going to work. It had to be a multi-person match. And it had to be a multi-person match with. Uh, someone like Dax Harwood in there <laughs> who can, um, you know, have a great, who can, you know, orchestrate and, and call the shots and do his best to um, make something out of potentially nothing. Uh, so, yeah, I think I, 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 I'm not, I won't say I'm happy about Ric Flair coming out of retirement. I think he should just, you know, give it a rest. <laughs> he should have given it a rest. After rest after the WrestleMania retirement match, he should never have wrestled again. After that, that was like the perfect sign off. Um, he was never, never, you know, that was it was a good sign off, and he was never as, never like uh, his subsequent matches were never as good as that. Um, yeah, so you know, it's, it makes no sense. It's stupid. Um, I I don't think he should do it. Uh, the videos we've seen, he looked kind of. He looked surprisingly spry and surprisingly decent for a man of 72, right? But he's also training with Jay Lethal, and, you know, I, I think I could Jay Lethal could probably make me look uh, good in a ring. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting for sure. I and mean, I will be watching it, that's for sure. And also, we know the Rock and Roll Express can still go because... Uh, they do. They they well, still they go. Yeah, exactly. Years, they right? still go every. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not worried about them. <laughs> if yeah. anything, I'm, I'm. I think they'll probably be able to get a, t- a decent match out of Flair. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we should be worried about them, but yeah. for whatever reason, those guys have just never stopped working. Yeah. Um, I'm the opposite of you. I have no desire to see this. Mm, None. Like I will watch maybe the highlights of it, mm-hmm. and if the sportster says we need you to cover this, then of course I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But I'm tired of Ric Flair. Yeah. Like. And to the point where I think that he has super tarnished his legacy. Mm. Like, yes, he's got a massive legacy, and there we're talking years and years and years of him being the best in the business. Mm-hmm. So you would have to do an awful lot mm. to really ruin that, but he has done an awful lot, mm. and he is starting to ruin it. Mm. Like, 
he's not only made one, two, three, four comebacks. This is now I don't know how many, right? And everyone is worse than the last. Mm-hmm. He's 73 years old. He does not take care of himself in any way whatsoever. He's super unhealthy. He's got a pacemaker in there. He drinks like a fish. He's ruining all of his relationships with people. Uh, he shouldn't be in the ring. And I'm with, uh, there's a, I think it's Chris Cruz or something. He wrote a, a Facebook post the other day saying that he is actually trying to stop this match from happening. Like he's writing to all the licensing committees in each state saying you shouldn't grant Ric Flair license. Now, I wouldn't go that far. But I don't think Ric Flair is going to take care of himself. Yeah. I don't think he cares one bit if he dies in the ring. Yeah. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. If that happens, which I think we all were probably joking, oh, if Ric Flair goes, he's going to die in the ring because yeah. that's how he wants it to be. He, we're legitimately on the verge of that potentially happening. Yeah. Like, that's that's what I don't want to see. And I have no desire. Like, I don't want to sign up to watch something like that. Like, yeah. FTR is fantastic. And if Jake Lethal's in there, great. Uh, but you would need those guys to make this even remotely entertaining. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, Ric Flair shows up and he's a one-time kind of appeal to the masses of people that love Ric Flair. Uh, but he's done this before. This isn't new, mm-hmm. right? The only reason this is different is because there's been a huge gap between the last time he did so and now. And he's caused himself a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. He's gotten in He's gotten in trouble for things he's said, for things he's done, for documentaries he's been on. And he just doesn't want to go away. Yeah. All right. And so I have no desire to see this I'd honestly, at all. I actually agree with everything you said. It's just that I'm a sicko and I have like a morbid like fascination and I, I need to see things that I think are going to be that if something is potentially going to be very awful and uh, a train wreck, I need to see it. And so I actually yeah, agree with everything Yeah, it's like rubberneck in a car crash, Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just a sicko and I absolutely have to see it. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as... Uh, calling athletic commissions and trying to get the match pulled or whatever that is absolute cop behavior but um yeah i mean <laughs> i mean i can see why yeah. people aren't into the idea for sure well he phrased it as and i'm protecting rick flair because rick flair won't protect himself and to a degree i believe that i mean i'm sure he's true. not gonna do anything i'm sure they won't he won't i mean I, you know you never know it is rick flair at the end of the day it's possible he will try to do some crazy shit but i don't know i don't anticipate i think I think the people he's in the ring with will protect him. I don't think he's going to take a, a Canadian destroyer or anything like that, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, no. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, he, the dude can't even take a backdrop. You know what I mean? Like, And he hasn't been able to take a backdrop mm-hmm. for 25 years because of a plane crash and everything else that he's been through in his life. But what I'm getting at is more that, like, what you made a point is, do we really want to reward Ric Flair exactly, for terrible yeah, behavior? Yeah, you don't wanna... And I don't. Yeah. You know, I have no desire. Like, there's nothing entertaining about watching him wrestle Absolutely, anymore. Yeah, there's that... nothing he's done that I can say that I haven't seen already. And it's all just going to be, it's like watching, like, I total respect to The Undertaker. And I don't want to put these two in the same category. But every time The Undertaker comes out and he wrestles again, we're all thinking the same thing. How bad is this match going to be? Yeah. And... How can you not think that when you're like... The fact that we have to say FTR and Jay Lethal, if Jay Lethal's in this match, is going to get Ric Flair through it, mm. what does that tell us? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Right? That we all know that Flair can't do this on his mm-hmm. own. And he probably shouldn't be trying. Yeah. Right? Like, and he's the nature boy. He's one of the best ever to do it. It's not like... I mean, Jerry Lawler is a different story. He's older, too, and he still wrestles. But he was never really known as the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. And Ric Flair was. Yeah. Right? So Jerry Lawler, you don't expect to see a five-star classic. You expect to hear him make 
crazy wisecracks and do some stupid crap and stir up the crowd yeah Yeah, you know what i mean and stir people up Mm. rick flair is going to do it but rick flair believes that he can still go yeah and if you've seen the training he cannot yeah right i think it's yeah i think you make a good point as well yeah that is a really valid point where i feel like lola there's a lot of these guys i mean there's a lot of these guys who sort of older guys who will have like sort of you know fun novelty matches like lola but he's not um Lola's not doing anything particularly strenuous in any, any of these matches. It's, they're more sort of goofy comedy, just fun things. Whereas what you say about Flair is true. He's going to go out there and he is going to want to try and uh, keep up with the boys, so to speak. And, um, yeah, it might not be pretty. Yeah, and then, of course, when the match is over, he's going to celebrate like there's no tomorrow, mm. which he probably does on a nightly basis anyway. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know, just all the equation, the pieces you put together. I have no... I worry. And it you isn't know, and the it's same. Not my, it's not my place to worry, but, you know, like, I just, I don't and know. And it isn't the you same as, like, some of those crash. guys as well, like, you know, Terry Funk and, and even Ricky Morton or whatever. Like, they never actually stopped, whereas Flair hasn't wrestled for about over 10 years. And, yeah, so that's going to... Well, and it, his health conditions are so bad. Like, he's actively so unhealthy, mm. and he'll tell you that he's not nearly as bad as people make it out to be, but this is a guy who has had everything happen to him. Like, the dude was in a coma for a while. Like, mm. there's just, there's nothing else that probably could happen to him. He's been, like, the luckiest unlucky person on the planet mm. in terms of what has happened to him, his ability to get through it, when wrestlers and talents all over the world in this industry have passed away far too soon. Ric Flair has made it through all of that crap. Yeah. And he continues to abuse his body. Yeah. Right? And so you're kind of like, man, what what is that thing? What's that one thing that's going to put him over? I'm not saying it's this match, but he acts as though he doesn't care. Yeah. And to me, I don't know that I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I just, eh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we... We both have similar opinions of it and different. I'm very curious to see what people will think. Feel free when you listen to this to put your comments in there. Let us know what you think about Ric Flair making a return because it is official now. We all just heard it was sort of going to be a rumor uh, and that thought maybe he was just training for something. All we do know, anybody who's curious, WWE, not going near this. Nah. We'll never touch Ric Flair with a 10-foot pole yeah. uh, in terms of anything that has to do with in-ring wrestling. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere near mm-hmm. this. And they won't have Jerry Lawler do it either, mm-hmm. right? So there's no way that Ric Flair is ever making a comeback to WWE. So if you're thinking it or you're asking, and by the way, I don't think AEW has any interest either. So there you go with that one. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about MJF. We've talked about him before. Um, I'm curious to see what your take is here. Now, for those people that are saying, oh, MJF's going to WWE, keep in mind, he's not doing anything until 2024. Something would have to fall down or fall apart between him and AEW, and it sounds like things may be leaning in that direction, but he's got some time left on his contract. Tony Khan is not letting him out of it. Uh, I can't imagine MJF's going to want to jump, but he's not apparently happy with his contractual, I don't know what you want to call it, situation uh in AEW, and he's apparently got one foot out the door leaning towards wwe we've heard multiple conflicting reports that he and tony khan aren't getting along and then they are again and now they're not uh that he is openly and we've seen it on dynamite we don't know how much of this is an angle and how much of this is him just shooting but he talks about wwe he talks about his contract he talks about the money he talks about all that stuff openly and on air um, so he's obviously teasing it. We're not sure if he's using it as a leverage for negotiations or he's actually thinking about leaving and he's just letting everybody know now. Uh, I don't know. Do you believe... MJ is tough to read, right? Because mm. the dude never breaks character. Mm. He's in kayfabe all the time. Yeah. 
What do you think? Is this legit? Is he I, actually um, looking to make a jump? I mean, I think that it... I, I, it's, it's a tough one. Um, I think that it probably is largely... I don't want to say it's a work, because I do think there's some some sort of kernels of truth in there, but I do think that it is being... Um, I do think that uh, they're perhaps... MJF is kind of... He knows what he's doing, basically. I think he's trying to sort of create, cause a scene. Um, he he is sort of working the marks, so to speak. Um, I think that... I think he probably does want more money, and he probably thinks that he deserves... He, he definitely thinks that he deserves more money, and he probably does deserve more money, let's be real. Um, he's consistently brilliant week after week. Um, on the mic... Uh, he doesn't wrestle as much as some some of the top guys, but he his when he does, he's normally he normally um, delivers. He's still only twenty six, I think. So you know he's uh, his his you know potential is through the roof. And if you whoever locks him down to a long term contract is going to get his from now is going to get his like his best you know his his glory days. Um, I think he probably is just you know. Just sort of testing the waters, see what the reaction is like, see see how people see how people respond to stuff he's saying, um, and these stories that break. This was origin. This was Fight Four originally. I broke the original story about this as well. Sean Ross Sapp at Fight Four Select. Um, yeah, I think he probably is not satisfied with his current contract situation. Does that mean that he is demanding to to leave right now, or that he's demanding to be let out of his contract right now? Probably not. Um, He's probably just sort of seeing what he can do to to, to get an, a, a bump in his pay packet, and I think he probably deserves that. So yeah, little bit. I have a bit. couple. Th- yeah, a couple thoughts on this. One, he's got nothing to lose by doing this mm-hmm. because if you were in another situation, you were anybody but MJF, and you did this publicly, the AEW fans would probably hate you. Mm-hmm. But that's what MJF wants, mm-hmm. right? That is exactly the reaction that he's constantly trying to go for. He wants to be the most hated man in that company, and he doesn't care why the boos are coming. He just knows that the boos are good. Yeah. So if he publicly says, oh, I'm going to jump, all the AEW loyalists will be like, well, then you like take off then, even though none of them want him to leave. But they'll boo him like crazy, which doesn't hurt him. If it was Cody Rhodes doing that before he left, or it was CM Punk doing it now, or Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, you know, Brian Danielson, they would be booed out of the building, mm, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want that. MJF does. Mm. So that, I think he's got nothing to lose by doing this. Mm. Um, I also don't know if he, you know, he might just be saying, okay, well, let's just see, like you said, what the reaction is here. Uh, I think he's got some people on in WWE who have already let him know that doors open. Yeah, I, I can't imagine why they would. Well, now, we know technically they can't, right? But we know Cody's attached to him, and Bruce Prince. Yeah, is I was gonna, we know that him. he's. We know that he is. Not, I don't want to say if he's. I don't know if he's close, but we know that he is. You know, acquainted with Pritchard, so. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not beyond the realms of possibility to assume that people at WWE are, you know, just putting the feelers out. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, you don't officially have to let him know, yes, we would be interested, and not be aware that there's a way of letting him know that, yes, we are interested. It's so right? like, like, if you showed up at the performance center tomorrow, we'd have a contract ready for you. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not like, but it's not yeah. like, you know, we want to sign you right now, but yeah. Well, and Vince McMahon's also not one of those people. He's not going to. 
just out of pride, he's not going to be like, yeah, I'll talk to you before your contract's up. Yeah. He absolutely probably won't talk yeah. to you before your contract's mm-hmm. up because he doesn't want to be known as the guy who ever talks to anybody before his contract's right. He will. He would rather you wait and go, okay, now that you're a free agent, okay, maybe I'll talk to you. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's Vince McMahon style, not, hey, uh, okay, well, we'll have the secret conversation so when your contract is up, we'll talk about this again. Like, Vince isn't doing that. Yeah. Like, he might have other people send that stuff out or they might do it on behalf of Vince knowing that Vince is interested, but... Uh, he's not doing it. There's yeah. just no way that he's having that conversation with MGF, and it will never happen prior to him not being under contract yeah. with AEW. As far as letting him out goes, something would really have to go wrong. Right, you know? yeah. And Tony would have to... I have a question for you. Do you believe part of this and MGF's, because you mentioned it a couple times, that his desire to be paid more, do you think, because in fairness... To Tony Khan in AEW, he was signed as a contract. He was a virtual nobody. Now, yeah, he had wrestled on the indie scene, and people knew who he was in that respect, but mm-hmm. he became a star in AEW. He was mm-hmm. not a star anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So he was paid as per a person in his situation when mm-hmm. AEW kicked off. Mm-hmm. He's elevated himself. AEW has gone and signed a bunch of big names, from Punk to Danielson to Sting to whomever, and probably given out a lot of money for these people. Why is MJF now going, I'm worth it? Is it because he's seen himself get better and he believes he's a top guy or because he's looking at himself compared to these other people and going, look how much you're giving them and look how little they're paying off for you where I and my ratings are through the roof. Yeah, that top bracket, since since, since AEW launched in 2019, that top bracket of of pay packets has has increased, right? Because we've now got Danielson, Punk... Um, I mean, Moxley actually wasn't there from the very beginning. Um, you know, there's a few other a few other guys in that. I guess you maybe Sting. There's a couple of others in sort of probably in that high pay range. Um, so yeah, that bracket since since MJF got since the company launched, that bracket has gone up. MJF's pay has stayed the same. His but his his stock has increased, but we don't know. As far as we know, his 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 wages have not increased. So, you know, and he probably signed a long-term deal at the beginning because there was a lot of, you know, nobody knew. I don't think anyone necessarily predicted that AEW would be as successful as it's been. Um, I think a lot of people were predicting the opposite. I think I think a lot of people are surprised that it's still that it's still thriving, uh, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he think I think he's right to think if he if he deser- if he thinks he deserves more money, I think he's right to think that. Personally. Yeah, there's both sides of this, right? Because you've got you, the you have to live up to your contract. So when you sign a long term deal, you don't get the ter- the right to negotiate until that deal is over. You live with what you signed. At the same time, you can always put things out there saying, "Hey, by the way, when it comes time for me to talk about mm-hmm. this, I'm going to be expensive." Yeah, like, and that's that's what he's doing. Uh, Westnell twenty one on YouTube has, has put a couple comments in here. He says, "Man, MJF just knows exactly how to work everybody. Even when the cameras on on, he's working." I found out about him through MLW. Uh, and he says it's because he realizes his worth and his segments always draw the highest ratings in AEW. That's why MJF's probably thinking what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I I just don't know. Like, if you had to give it odds, 50-50, 70-30, 80-20, 90, like, where do you put MJF possibly winding up in WWE in 2024? Oh, in 2024? I mean, that's hard to say, but I would probably... I'd say about 50-50, honestly. Yeah, I'd say about 50-50. Yeah. I can I can see it. I, I I don't think that he retires. I don't think that he retires without having a stint in WWE. I mean, we're, we're looking at like thirty years in the future here. But yeah, I mean, I don't think his and I don't think that he will think his career is complete unless he has a stint in WWE. Um, 
he won't be able to do some of the things he does in AEW in WWE, that's for sure, but he will get as close to that line as he can, and I think that will probably be enough. So, yeah. Yeah. What is... I think he does probably have, and we're not in his head, we're not a fly on the wall, we don't know what he's thinking, but I do believe that his career is not over till he views himself as the biggest heel mm. in WWE. Yeah. And maybe tries to put a legacy in there that he is considered one of the great heels of all time mm-hmm. in WWE, which would be a huge achievement mm-hmm. if he was able to do it. But he plays that character and that personality to the point where he's so old school, WWE and WWF, those guys that used to never break character, yeah. he's just made for giving it a shot, right? Yeah. Like he just absolutely, you could tell, he just absolutely wants to do it. AEW's going to have to throw a ridiculous amount of money mm-hmm. at him. Like, and I don't know what WWE's willing to pay him. They obviously have the bucks. But, like, AEW would have to throw so much money. Like, he might say, you know what, fine, but I want to be the highest paid person here. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If he's like, okay, that's cool. I'll stay. I want to be the highest paid I mean, paid and if his stock here. keeps rising, you know, it's not unfathomable to see that happening. I think what uh, is interesting, right, what is interesting, this is kind of not necessarily a topic change, it's on the same, it's in the same ballpark. What is interesting is that having competition, WWE now has competition in AEW, and they, for the first time in 21 years, 22 years, they're able, we are seeing WWE sign people, and these people go straight into the main roster. And, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel it's, it's, it's weird to think of us, um, it's just weird that we're talking about uh, WWE signing someone who was largely unheard of um, by mainstream audiences like three years ago, and now we're talking yeah. about them potentially signing him to a deal because I don't. There's no way he goes to NXT, right? There's no way MJF goes to NXT. No, he goes straight to he goes no. straight to that main roster, right? Yeah, and WWE doesn't want him unless he's a difference maker. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll treat him exactly like they're treating Cody right now. Mm-hmm. They'll roll out the red carpet. They'll put him on every single truck, on every single commercial, and every single promotion. And they WWE has made it very, very clear. Even though they haven't come right out and said it, with all the reports we're hearing, exactly. they will not sign people that don't return their investment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that they're letting everybody else go. Mm-hmm. Like unless you can come in and you move the needle for us, as a Roman's raised T-shirt would say, and you pr- produce money. Mm-hmm. Revenue. It's like why the Lily doll is sticking around with Alexa Bliss because that doll makes hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. they they are. That's what they're thinking. Yeah. They only want people who will do that. So MJF, if you gave me three or four people that I could mention in AEW that could do that, MJF's on that list. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Kenny Omega, maybe another one. Mm-hmm. Right? Like those are guys that people will pay to see in WWE. And MJF would be a massive, massive get yeah. for WWE. So, yes, they would put him immediately in the main event. Like they done with Cody. Right? And the basically. last time we saw this was WCW, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people coming straight from one promotion straight onto the main roster of the other promotion. It's exciting, I think. I think it's really I think it's really exciting. I don't want to see... We did see it a little bit. We saw AJ Styles go straight to the main roster, which made sense because he was quite actually kind of remarkable when you think about it that he was basically the biggest like the biggest non-WWE wrestling star in the world and was one of the few exceptions in that in that period where there was no competition to go straight to to go straight to the main roster um even Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura didn't do that and they had very similar sort of backgrounds um but yeah it's interesting and it's exciting I think and yeah it makes you think (laughs) 
All right. Well, we're, I don't know if we're live on YouTube anymore. It doesn't look like that link is still active, but we're going to keep going. We're going to keep moving. Maybe, Norman, you could take a look at the YouTube page while we're doing this. But we can also switch gears here and talk a little bit about our last topic. Um, and I don't know how much you've read or seen or witnessed some of the comments between CM Punk and Eric Bischoff, uh, but it has been a very, very interesting story. I'll give everybody who's listening uh, a little bit of a rundown while you take a look at this. So for people that don't know the backstory here, when CM Punk first came to AEW, one of the things that he said in a post-pay-per-view media avail was that he considered his jump and Adam Cole coming and Brian Danielson coming to AEW perhaps bigger than when Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Hulk Hogan formed and jumped to WCW and formed the NWO. It was a very bold statement to make. Uh, CM Punk tried to say it in a way that he wasn't being super disrespectful to WCW, but clearly Eric Bischoff took that as a shot. Uh, He didn't like the fact that CM Punk was calling out one of the biggest angles in wrestling history, one of the hugest revenue makers, one of the biggest drawers in terms of fans and money and ratings and all that stuff, which the NWO and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash was. Um, So CM Punk kind of angered Eric Bischoff. So Eric Bischoff, who has his own podcast called 83 Weeks, uh, has Eric Bischoff has come out a couple times and said and taken shots at CM Punk. Now he's claiming that he is not um, trying to pick a fight, but that CM Punk started this by saying um, and comparing himself to the NWO. And Eric Bischoff has said Punk's not anywhere close to the NWO. In fact, he called him recently the biggest financial flop in the history of professional wrestling. So it's very interesting to see these two going back and forth. CM Punk called Eric Bischoff a carny piece of shit and sort of said you need to keep it to yourself and let the guys that are actively in this do what they're doing and you old folks can just sit there and watch, um, which I thought was a little strange of a comment to make because there are a lot of people in this industry who move the needle that don't involve themselves in wrestling. But um, I thought I would ask, Norman, what is your take on this? Do you have a side? Are you looking at CM Punk and what he's saying? Eric Bischoff and what he's saying and going, yeah, I agree with one of these two people. Do you find this whole thing just wildly entertaining and kind of silly? Uh, where do you sit on this whole debate between Punk and Eric Bischoff? Um, yeah, I think it is kind of silly in a way. Uh, I think it's fun, though. I love stuff like this. Um, I think that... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that they both... I mean, they both have points, I guess. Um, Punk is right that... Well, I don't know. I think people do. I think people value Eric Bischoff's opinion, and they are right to because you know he. I feel like his sort of um, for all of his flaws and faults, I feel like he. I feel like he did kind of uh, make a a vast contribution to the to the industry as a whole. Certain, uh, so, I think don't think you can really deny that that he was kind of the arch the arch- architect of the Monday Night Wars, and those were uh, pivotal in the. But then I, I, but then you know, a lot of people were going to say, you know, that uh, what happened after that was, you know, we had ostensibly twenty years of just one company dominating and and nobody else getting a look in really, aside from maybe TNA slash Impact. Um, so you know, yeah, I think they both have good points. I do think that um, uh, Bischoff's comment that Punk thought that because he could win fake fights that meant he could win real fights um was a little bit below the a little bit below the belt really i don't think um 
I think Punk knew what he was getting himself into when he embarked on an MMA career. And I also think that CM Punk could beat Eric Bischoff up, but, you know, <laughs> I'm no expert on, uh, on MMA. But, yeah, I, feel, I, I think Punk can win uh, real fights. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely fun. It's definitely interesting. They've got people talking. I'm sure Bischoff's going to sell a few more T-shirts out of it. Um, yeah. Fun stuff for sure, but nothing. Yeah, well, we've all seen the videos of Eric Bischoff and his black belt and karate, right? Like, that's true. Know? Yeah, yeah. We know that we know that he could fight at least according to him. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to him talk about it, he's a pretty tough dude. But uh, yeah, it's tough. Like the, both of these guys have uh, need to take a little heat, and both of these guys are kind of right. You know what I mean? Like CM Punk should have to answer or be at least open to criticism when you make a comment like you're bigger than the NWO. Yeah, like. You, you can't say that and not expect people to jump on you for it. Yeah. And maybe that's why he said it. Maybe he was looking for the, the press feed. Maybe he wanted the viral nature of those comments to get out there. Uh, but that's what you, when you make them, you need to be able to whatever. And if you can't back them up, and I will say that CM Punk, to me, has not backed it up at all. Mm. Uh, I believe his arrival in AEW was massive. I think the initial pop in his debut was huge. Maybe one of the biggest moments in the last couple of years. Uh, but he has not done anything near the level that I had figured he would in AEW. And that might not be on CM Punk. That might be on AEW and Tony Khan and their decision not to make him one of the main guys immediately. They put him in some smaller matches and some tag stuff and, and whatever. And maybe that's not why he hasn't moved the needle the way they were hoping he has, but he has not been the big, huge difference maker that I think a lot of people figured he would automatically just be. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still been a huge deal, but I don't I don't know that Bischoff's wrong when you say, hey, as far as... I think it's way too hard to judge if he's the biggest financial flop in the industry. Like, you'd have to look into the ratings and the merchandise and the pay-per-view revenues and ticket sale. All of that has to come to the equation, and there's no really way of knowing yeah. that yet. But um, I do believe that they're paying him a big lot a boatload of money they backed up that armored brinks truck for him and he hasn't returned it yet to me i no, haven't seen it i mean you know i mean? think he sold a lot of merch um yeah, oh, I mean, yeah in terms of ratings and stuff i think he's just an i think they i think they are probably viewing it um not in, i i think if you're looking at it in terms of raw figures and raw revenue then yeah they're probably not quite seeing a return on that investment but i think they are so I think Tony Khan probably sees it more at, or as an investment, and not only that, but if he's in, if Punk's in AEW, then he's not anywhere else, right? So That's true. Um, I think there's there's different sort of factors to consider in in those in that respect. And you know, look, he's got a main event title match coming up that could potentially change the course of things depending on how that goes. Um, yeah, so I don't. I, I think they're probably, there's probably different factors to measure. Obviously, look, NWO was huge. The NWO was if you if you weren't if you weren't there, it's hard to sort of uh, explain how ubiquitous NW the NWO was. I, like it was a mainstream thing. That logo was everywhere. People who di- who didn't even know who'd never seen a second of professional wrestling in their life knew what the NWO was, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't. Think- it became a thing where merchandise was being sold in WalMarts, yeah. and clothing stores that didn't have anything to do with wrestling. Right. I mean, you could buy those shirts everywhere. Yeah. That's how mainstream it was. It was just everywhere. Right. It was huge. You could buy that stuff. Video games and, everything. Yeah, and we don't know that Tony Khan. You're right. It could be a long term play here. Maybe this isn't about you know. Maybe on merchandise sales alone, they paid CM Punk salary. I don't know. Probably not. But, but close. <laughs> they've. 
they are looking at TV deals here, right? Mm-hmm. Like they've got Warner behind them now, and Warner's going to pitch them out to the new networks when this TV deal comes up. Mm-hmm. And having CM Punk in that group of people yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So he's a recognizable face. He's a known name. He was on Fox. He was in movies. He's been in other things. He did UFC. Um, people know who Punk is. Even if they don't really know what AEW is, the advertisers are like, oh, we know that guy. Yeah. Right? So it does have some bearing on what AEW could stand to make yeah. in their new TV deal. So yeah. this could be a much longer team thing that maybe Bischoff is a little too early on sure. and is making comments. Yeah, right? and I think he, I think there's a tendency to sort of very, to sort of hone in on these ratings a little bit where it's like, so AEW isn't quite hit pushing that needle over a million, over a million views. But barely anyone is. Um, I mean, WWE is obviously do it like I think. Smack, obviously, WWE does way better in terms of ratings than AEW. But WWE is a, a very known, renowned brand that's been around for decades. Has a bit of a head start on AEW. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like I feel, I feel like ratings are important up to a point. But at a certain, I, I do think you need to sort of. If you're looking at if you're pointing at Dynamite only getting nine hundred and ninety. 990,000 views on a Wednesday night and and calling that a failure I don't know that that's necessarily true I think there are other metrics to, to keep in mind here um, yeah but well and if you're going to compare ratings you don't compare the ratings to what they were in the Monday Night Wars which they'll never be again mm-hmm. nobody's getting a four point anything right what you're comparing it to are things that it's up against on the same Wednesday night slot yeah right so if AEW is doing better than five out of ten shows that is on at the same time on other cable networks, then it's doing okay. It's normally right? up there, right? It's normally up in that yeah. Real Housewives uh, sort of bracket. So <laughs> I Yeah, think and that's that's well. what you that's what you look at with the radio. I do want to ask you though about the other comment that Punk made uh, the Bischoff has sort of honed in on here where Punk says there's no casual fans in wrestling anymore. Mm. That you talk about the ratings and you talk about what Eric Bischoff is like, that's the most ignorant, stupid statement I've ever heard of in my life. If you don't believe there are casual fans, what are you doing in this industry? Because there's no way to sustain a massive product and make a huge boatload of profit if you don't have a casual fan watching every once mm. in a while. Do you believe that CM Punk is right? Because AEW clearly targets AEW loyal fans. Yeah. Like, that's the bulk of the people they go after. Their storylines, their creative, a lot of the stuff that they do on that show is geared towards people who know about all of these people already. Yeah. And they don't necessarily cater to, uh, as Bischoff said, the 900 of the 1,000 who have no clue. They just happen to stumble upon the show and go, well, what's that? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, AEW doesn't go after those people, where WWE probably does. So... Do you believe there's no such thing as a casual wrestling fan anymore? I wouldn't say there's no such thing. I definitely don't think that it is a prevalent thing. I definitely, I, I do feel like at this point, what it, well, the, 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 the thing is that I don't know that there's a lot of casual fans, but I think it's possible to create casual fans, right? So whether or not casual, there are like the casual fans make up a large portion of any fan base right now is irrelevant. Is the fact that like AEW does target its product towards people people who hardcore wrestling fans right and i think that is a good business model would it kill them to to sort of try to uh to sort of try to get some new fans I, and i think they might be doing that right i think there might be if you talk about people like in a hotel room flicking through the flicking through the channels and seeing AEW on tv and being like oh i want to watch this i feel like they do enough I feel they do plenty of of i feel like i think dynamite on a wednesday on on average is is good enough to sort of 
draw in people like that but in terms of casual fans like people who like are who i don't know i don't really it's hard it's hard to sort of quantify what that even means i guess i would say most casual wrestling fans probably just watch wwe now right because it's it's like a comfort thing they they know what to expect they know what they're gonna get they can put uh raw on on a monday night where they make dinner well do, you know, do you know what i mean like well, Bischoff and Conrad Thompson defined a non-casual wrestling fan as someone who watches every week, who goes to some live events maybe once or twice a year, who watches all the pay-per-views. That's a non-casual wrestling fan. That's a, a die-hard wrestling fan. The casual fan, to me, is somebody who, while flipping around, sees Logan Paul and goes, hey, isn't that that dude from YouTube? Mm-hmm. Or looks at Ronda Rousey and goes, I know her. She's mm-hmm. on movies in MMA. She was like the chick from UFC. Mm-hmm. Or Bad Bunny, the the biggest Grammy you know, Latino selling artists maybe in the last 10 years. Like, they're looking at those guys and going, okay, well, I know who these people are. What is going on here? And then they go, well, that's kind of funny. And they come back and they watch it again next week. And they just see what's happening all the way up until Bunny wrestles at WrestleMania or Logan Paul does this thing with The Miz. To me, that's a casual wrestling fan. Someone who you may lose when those guys are doing done doing their thing at WrestleMania, but they will maybe watch it until they go, well, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Like, why... Okay, let's just see where this goes. Uh, and if you happen to catch one or two of those ten people and they become wrestling fans, then you're in great shape. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think WWE's going for, which I know it drives some wrestling fans crazy that they give so much time yeah. to the Logan Pauls and the Bad Bunnies of the world. Yeah. Uh, but there's a reason, right? Yeah. They're trying to convert that one or two out of ten people over to become a normal, average wrestling mm-hmm. fan who then gets their kids to become wrestling fans, who then gets their kids to be... like. WWE's been around long enough that there are multiple generations of people yeah. who are still WWE fans because the casual fan just stumbled upon their product. Yeah, I do feel like it, I do feel like AEW does a little bit to to draw people like that in, right? With we saw, you know, we had the Shaq thing. You know, they've done some some other sort of sort of fun uh, celebrity stuff, and they've got people like Sting and Jeff Hardy who are always gonna people are always gonna recognize those guys and, and tune in for that. But yeah, I guess it's just. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation for sure. I'm not really... I think they both make good points, but... Yeah, I think... I I do think what AEW is doing, which is, like, mostly marketing towards hardcore wrestling fans, I think think that's a a good business model, really, for now, because, you know... Well, it's probably cheaper, because they're not going to spend... I mean, I don't know how much it costs to get Mike Tyson to show up or get Shaq on the show, unless they're cross-promoting something else that they're doing. Um, But it's probably not cheap to get any of these guys to show up. If you're paying for Logan Paul, you're paying for Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff, right? So it's probably cheaper. I just don't know if, if depending on where AEW wants to go, and we'd really have to know what Tony Khan thinks here. If he's looking to make this a global, big, huge, I can fill out AT&T Stadium with 80,000, 100,000 people, uh, is he want to do that? Or is he just going, no, I want to make the best product for wrestling fans that exists and I am cool selling out 15,000-seat arenas yeah. or buildings and having regular pay-per-views and stuff like that. I don't know what he's I'd thinking. I'd say if right? you look at his other investments, if you look at the Jaguars and Fulham FC, he's probably content to just uh, <laughs> sell, <laughs> to just sort of sell out the 15,000. <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily... Want, uh, I don't think that he's willing to invest the time, money, and effort into making the Jaguars, Fulham, and AEW huge global brands just yet. I'm sure that that would be a happy... If that was to happen, then that he would embrace that. But I don't know that they're ready. I think he's kind of content with the market and the fan bases that, though, that he can market those as products yeah. to. 
Yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is if if that's the mentality of the wrestlers there, including CM Punk, mm-hmm. that we're just really catering to average hardcore wrestling fans, mm-hmm. there's a limit, right? Yeah. There's a ceiling. There's a roof on what you can do mm-hmm. uh, because you're going to really impress and uh, those people are going to love your product mm-hmm. and they're going to stick with you and they probably will never leave. And they're, but they're also watching the other show too. Like they're watching everything. Maybe they right? want to they're convert watching... people. Maybe they want to com- they want to turn everyone into a hardcore wrestling fan, right? Maybe that's their goal. Maybe. Yeah. That's a tough, tall task to do. Yeah, that's not a world <laughs> that's that I want to live in. Honestly, that sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because hardcore wrestling fans are pretty hardcore. Yeah. There's no reason that they're called that. All right, man. Well, well, we'll cap it off at that one. This was a fun one. Uh, every once in a while, we'll do these topics where we'll just talk about something that's a little bit more controversial or catching a lot of attention, and there's a lot of discussion around it. Uh, we got Monday Night Raw tonight. For those that are going to be listening to this podcast today or saw uh, whatever we put there on YouTube, uh, we're Monday Night Raw tonight. We've got Dynamite this week. Uh, we've got – what do we got coming up here? we got Double or Nothing coming up not too long 29th, from now. Double or Nothing, so 13 days yep. from now at the time of recording. Dynamite, this Wednesday's Dynamite is a big one. We do have Samoa Joe versus the the Joker in the – Do you have any uh, guesses to who you think it's going to be? I'm probably – I'm just going to play it safe and say Cesaro, Claudio, but um, I'm not 100% positive on that. I'd say I'm like 70% that it's going to be him. But then here's the thing. It's like – if it's Claudio, are they signing Claudio? Because that's another expensive contract on the books. So, yeah. Well, and if it's him, Smojo loses. Well, and that's it, yeah. Thick. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, How do you bring him in and have him lose? Yeah, I guess. Well, that's the thing. If they, I think they, I think if, I think it's possible to do that if he's not, if they're not signing him, right? I feel like there's a way that they can they can have him lose and still look strong. Maybe he he doesn't ta- he gets choked out and doesn't tap out, something like that, right? You mean like big cast kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then we don't see him for a while. He goes and does New Japan or whatever. I think I think an, an element to bear, bear in mind about AEW right now when they sign when they bring people in and they sign them or whatever, and we don't see them on TV. That's not that doesn't necessarily mean that like it's not like in WWE where like if we don't see Ricochet or Ali on TV for three weeks that they have just been sitting and catering for three weeks they haven't been doing anything else in AEW for the most part if you don't see for example Joey Janela when you didn't see him on TV on like actual TV, AEW TV for like ten weeks or whatever he was still doing indie spots he was still around he was still getting he was still putting in shifts and he was still making money. So it is a sort of a different situation. So like it is possible for them to like bring in Cesaro, and just and just have Cesaro go go do Japan, go do Impact, come back to AEW, do a few spots. Do you know what I mean? I, I kind of like that sort of people just coming in and out, sort of rotation roster roster thing. There are a few exceptions. Like I don't know what Miro's doing, but <laughs> maybe just sort of recovering from something. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, but the Owen Hart tournament and all that stuff still going on, so that should be fun. And then we'll uh, probably do maybe we'll do a preview show prior to Double or Nothing. Uh, we're going to cover that extensively. On I'm going to be at the show, so yeah, I'll be I'll be nice. down for that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, then we'll watch for uh, social media videos and updates and stuff. I'm sure for me because who knows what you'll be videotaping or at least trying to get on on camera. Yeah, <laughs> you're kicking. I'm going to try. Maybe just. Just Twitter updates. Who knows? Yeah, bit both. Right on. All right. I appreciate it, Norm. No uh, thanks dude. for everybody else. This has been another edition of the Sportster Show. Uh, check out the podcast. Download the other episodes. Like and subscribe. We'd appreciate it if you left a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we'll share this on other platforms as well so you guys can get it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, until uh, the next show, have a good one, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.